0: All right, Revelation chapter 6, there's uh, 17 verses uh, in this chapter, so we'll read them all tonight. We'll probably get the whole chapter tonight, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Revelation chapter 6, this is the uh, uh, the first seal begins to be opened, Revelation chapter 6. And uh, last week we had that heavenly scene, and uh, we had the church caught up in chapter 4 and verse number 1 and then we had uh, we seen them in heaven and I'd actually never had the thought before but it's got to be true if the church is raptured in chapter 4 then you have to be there uh, when chapter 5 takes place thank you brother you want one? okay same way he did in school All right, let's, uh, let's read the chapter tonight. And the Bible said, And I saw, this is John, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And boy, there's something to see too. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering, and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast saying, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that set thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast saying, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that set on him was death and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. And when he had opened the field seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest, yet for a little season until their fellow servants also, and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. The stars of heaven fell unto the earth, and even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondsmen, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the raft of the Lamb. For the great day of his raft is come and who shall be able to stand? Father, we just come tonight and uh, Lord, we uh, thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ that you gave unto John and uh, Lord, we ask you to give us understanding, uh, Lord, of what we've read tonight, and uh, we pray the Lord to help us. We know the Bible said the Spirit of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy, and uh, we know all this stuff we've read tonight is prophecy. And uh, thank you for those that have come out tonight. Uh, pray for those that uh, may be watching online tonight. Uh, Father, we uh, pray for those that are not able to come tonight uh, because of uh Uh, physical infirmities and sickness and we pray for those that are able but just didn't want to come tonight that the Lord might uh, minister to their heart revive them quicken them again that uh, Lord they might be alive in the Lord and have a desire uh, Lord to assemble ourselves together uh, as we see the day approaching and not forsake it as the manner has become of so many and uh, Lord we thank you for uh, your blessings and Today and uh, being able to walk and talk with you. And uh, we pray you'd help us tonight to all enjoy the Word of God tonight. And uh, Lord, help us all to get a little glimpse of glory tonight. And uh, we thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen and amen. And now, uh, uh, first thing I want to say tonight, and I've said this uh, previously, but you need to understand that. From chapter four on, nothing you've read has happened yet. From chapter four all the way through to the end of the Revelations, nothing you've read has happened yet. And a lot of a lot of people will try to take things that are happening now and try to put you in the Revelations somewhere. No sir, uh, nothing from Revelations four has happened or took place yet. Uh, not took place yet. Now, uh, when when chapter 4 does take place uh, and the church is uh, raptured out and we have that heavenly scene in chapter 5, I want you to remember this now and understand this, that after the church is raptured and it's caught up into heaven in chapter 4, you're not coming back to chapter 19. So whatever we read from chapter 6 all the way through, whatever we read and whatever we see that's going to be going on, you're going to be watching it from up there. Yes, that is good. A lot of times people don't, uh, you know, they say, I don't want to get in revelations. I don't like to read all that scary stuff that's going to take place. Uh, well, the thing you have to understand is, you're not going to be here when it's taking place. Uh, if the if the church is raptured in chapter four and verse number one, then you're going to be in heaven all the way over to chapter nineteen. Uh, look over in chapter nineteen, and uh, you're going to be in heaven till this takes place in verse eleven. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. What's verse 14? And the armies which were in heaven, that's you, the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses. So you say, that sounds pretty wild. It is wild. A lot of things are wild. Rapture's wild. Uh, them beasts you see in chapter 5, they're wild. A lot of wild things. Uh, God doesn't ask you to understand it. He said, believe it. Because uh, that's the way it is. You don't have to understand everything, we don't understand all the uh, revelations. So uh, so I want you to understand that that from chapter 4 and verse 1 you're up in heaven all the time we're going to read about all this stuff taking place on earth. You're up in heaven until chapter 19 if what we teach is correct. Amen. You say, well what do other people teach? Well some people teach that that the church will have to go all the way through the tribulation. Uh, You say, why don't you believe that? Well, because the Bible said God has not appointed us to raft, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said, looking for that blessed hope. Well, that wouldn't be too much to look forward to if I had to look forward to going all the way through the tribulation. That wouldn't be much of a blessed hope to be looking forward to. Paul said looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So what we're looking for tonight is we're looking for that blessed hope. Amen. And I'm glad that while I'm down here, he's up there. And, uh, And I'm glad that when things are out of control down here, he's got control up there. And uh, he knows what's going on. Nothing's taking him him by surprise. And so uh, the rapture of the church having now took place uh, in our study. Of course, it hadn't took place. We're here tonight. I hope it hadn't took place. We're here tonight. I got up the other morning, got a little worried. I got up and Max Helen wasn't in the bed. And uh, I thought, well, she's done got up, which she usually don't get up for. I do because I get up. 4.35, 4.35, something 6, yeah, yeah. around in there. And uh, so I got up, and I, I went into the other bedroom. I thought, well, I was snoring, and she got up and went in the other bedroom. And I went in there, and I didn't see her there. I went in the other bedroom, I didn't see her there. And I thought, well, she's in the back bathroom. So I went back there, and she wasn't in there. And I thought, well, she's went outside to her building. She must have really not been able to sleep. And I looked and the door was still locked and the alarm was still on. And I thought, well, Lord, she's had a heart attack and fell out the side of the bed or something. So I went there and looked on the side of the bed. She wasn't there. And my next thought was "The rapture's happened and I missed it. <laughs> and I went back in there and looked in that other bedroom and she she just kind of got in the bed didn't mess the covers up or anything. She was kind of over to the Side opposite of the door, and I couldn't see her real good. So I was glad to see her. I was glad the rapture didn't take place, and I was really glad that I didn't miss it. But uh, but in chapter four, when we start chapter six, the rapture has taken place. The church is in heaven. You say, brother Rick, the church is in heaven from chapter four all the way to chapter nineteen in verse one, uh, verse eleven. That's right. You say, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to do what they did in chapter 5. We're going to rest in the Lord. We're going to sing some. We're going to worship. For a while, I don't know how long that's going to go on, but that's going to stop somewhere down the line. And we're going to start each one being judged. Judgment seat of Christ. We're not going to be judged to see if we're going to go to heaven and hell We decided that when we judged ourselves at the altar and trusted Christ as our Savior and trusted Him that our sins were paid for. And so now we're not sitting around waiting, hoping we make it. No, we're going to make it. We got saved. And God's promised we're going to make it. Uh, He said that good thing that I've begun in you, I'm going to complete it, Philippians uh, 1 and 6. and many places in the Bible, He's uh, promised you that if you got saved, Uh, He's going to get you there some way or another. Uh, So uh, our judgment, is we're not going to be judged as a sinner, but at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be judged as saints as to what we've done for the Lord. Uh, The Bible says in Corinthians, we're going to be judged for the things done in our body, whether it be good or bad. Uh, So uh, we're going to be judged for what we did and what we didn't do. And how good a servant we was for the Lord. And, and of course, we studied in lessons past of those five crowns that uh, possibly could be one and maybe more than that, but the Bible lists five. And so uh, that judgment's going to be going on uh, all the way while they're down here. What we're studying about this uh, chapter 6 and 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, all while that's going on down here, we're going to be up there being judged by the Lord. That's why when you get all the way over to chapter 21, the Bible said the Lord's going to wipe away all their tears. Because we're going to all have a bunch of tears when we get through getting judged because we didn't do more for the Lord. And because we're so sorry and we didn't win more to the Lord and we were more faithful to the Lord, we didn't give more to the Lord and me and other things, uh, we're going to all have a lot of tears when we see Him And we actually get to see him, see the wounds in his hand. We have the knowledge to understand what he went through for us. Uh, We're going to all be weeping. But when that's all done, the Lord's going to wipe away all the tears. Chapter 21. And after that judgment, uh, you know, we are espoused to one husband. The Bible said in the book of Corinthians, Paul said, I've espoused you to one husband. So we're not married to Christ yet. You hear preachers saying we're married, not yet. Uh, we're espoused right now. Uh, we're not going to be married until Revelations 19. That's uh, when we're going to be married. I heard one old preacher, just an old country hillbilly preacher, like myself, and he was preaching and he said, uh, he said, uh, we're not married yet. We're going to be married. And he said, that's why we've got all these different denominations. He said, because before you're married, uh, you're a brown, uh, you're a prophet, you're a Shirley, uh, you're whatever, but when you, take on, when you get married, you take on your husband's name. And so when we actually get married to the Lord, we're going to all take on His name. It's not going to be all these different denominations. It's just going to be the true church of God to one name. And that old preacher said, uh, somebody asked him, he so, said, what's that name going to be? And he said, I don't know. He ain't told us yet because somebody started a denomination in that name. And, uh, so the true church of Christ is all over the world. It don't, it don't necessarily go by independent Baptists. It might go by a lot of names and some you had not never even heard of. But there is a true church that believes in Christ and believes in being saved and born again and wherever they are throughout the whole earth and by whatever name they call themselves, that's the true church of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, the rapture uh, is going to take place. And so while all that's going on down here, uh, we're going to be up there. We're going to be worshiping. Uh, we're going to be singing. We're going to be uh, resting in the Lord. We're going to be reun- uh, reunited with the loved ones and friends. Uh, we're going to be meeting some of the great saints of the church age and talking with them and then we're going to all be uh, all be judged uh, at the judgment seat of Christ one person at a time. Uh, the Bible says that every man must give account of himself to the Lord. And uh, so it might be like when you go to the funeral home when somebody's died and they run that little uh, screen there and, and you watch it, it looks like their whole life just flashes before you. And uh, it might be something like that. I don't know how to be Uh, the Lord. uh, But anyway, we'll all be judged for everything that we've done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And uh, that's going to take almost uh, the whole time. But then when that's done, we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's going to be a good time. And uh, Revelation 19 verse 11 Because the bride hath made herself ready. How would she make herself ready? She's been judged by the Lord as a servant. And he's got all the spots and wrinkles and blemishes out of her. And now he's ready to present that bride. The father's ready to present that bride to his son. And there's not one spot, one blemish. She is uh, completely perfect. And he presents that perfect Uh, virgin bride to his son. Uh, Amen. And uh, so that's what we're going to be doing while all this we're going to read about tonight takes place. So I want you to understand that because the devil has a way of making you think, oh, I don't like revelations because all this awful stuff's going to be happening. Yes, it's going to be happening. I don't really even know why we're studying it because it ain't going to be happening to save people. Uh, Maybe we're studying it because there's some lost people and they need to hear what's going to happen so they'll get saved and won't have to go through it. Uh, Amen. Amen. Uh, A lot of things in the Bible you can't understand. And you know why you can't understand them? They ain't for you. He said, I thought all the Bible's for me. It all is for you in some way. But it don't all pertain to you. Uh, If it did, you should have carried a lamb in with you tonight, and we'd cut its throat. That's what you do in Exodus and Leviticus. We don't do that now because our lamb died on the cross, and we don't have to bring a sacrifice. So all the Bible's to us, but all the Bible's not for us. And I've told you this many times, but I'll tell you again, when you read the Bible and study the Bible, If you in your mind could make a board and you'd put a line here and a line here so now you got three openings. And on that one opening right over it, Jews. On that other opening right over it, the church of God. On that other opening right over it, lost. And every verse in that Bible goes under one of them headings. Now, if you get a verse over here for the Jews and you put it over here in the church, it won't work and you mess your old Bible up and your old theology up. Amen. So when you do what the Bible said in Second uh, Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the Word of God. Amen. So that tells you the Bible's got divisions in it. You automatically know it's got two, Old Testament New Testament. But then there's these divisions here. Some of that belongs to the Jew. Some of it belongs to the church. Some of it belongs to the lost people. And when you get all them verses where they go, it's like putting a puzzle together. And when you get all the pieces where they go, then you got the picture. But if you try to force something in there that don't really fit there, it won't work. And so that's one of the reasons why we have so many different denominations. You say, has anybody got the whole thing right? I don't think so. I don't believe there's anybody that's got the whole thing right. I think the Lord will, when we get to heaven, I think the Lord will set us all down and He'll say you're all wrong about this. And, and, uh, and He'll straighten you out on it. So, so the church is going to be in heaven while all this is going on. And I sure am glad. Uh, it says here uh, that I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it was a noise of thunder and one of the four beasts saying come and see. Okay, what we got here he said I, I come I, I looked and I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bowl and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Okay, this will begin the opening up of the seals. Revelations chapter 6 verse 1 through 17 goes all the way through the tribulation. It's like the Lord, did you ever go to the show and and, the, and you get little things, they call them previews of coming attractions and and it'll, it'll kind of show you what's coming up. Well, Revelation 6 uh it starts at the beginning of the tribulation and it runs all the way down to the end of the tribulation. The Lord puts it all there in 17 verses. And he said, Behold a white horse and him that sat on them had a bow and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now for years, for years uh, every commentary and uh, every Bible college uh, and everything for years taught that Verse 2 was the Lord, uh, that this was uh, the Lord that went forth. Uh, and then people got to study it and compare it and the Lord maybe given some insight. And uh, they began to realize that this, this writer here is not the Christ, but the Antichrist. And uh, how do we know that? The way we know a whole lot of things in the Bible by comparing Scripture with Scripture. Let's look at this white horse rider in verse 2, and let's look at the white horse rider in chapter 19 and verse 11. The white horse rider in verse 2 says, He that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now let's look at this other white horse rider. I saw heaven open. The other one didn't say nothing about coming out of heaven. It said I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Okay, the only faithful person I know is the Lord. Amen. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth." and the light. The only person I ever know that never told a lie was the Lord. Amen. Uh, the Bible said he's faithful. The Bible said who can find, in Proverbs 20, I think it is, or 26, who can find a faithful man? I'm telling you, they're hard to find. I thought I found one every now and then, and I keep watching, they turn out they ain't faithful. But I did find one. The Lord. Amen. Uh, That's the only faithful man I know. He's 100% faithful. Uh, I told you, and I want to keep emphasizing this, the verse for our age, the verse for right now that you need to remember is 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 21, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Dr. Grady said it this way, if your mother tells you she loves you, Check it out. Don't trust nobody. Check everything out. I said Sunday, fact check it and then check the fact checker. Check out what the preacher said. Check out what the teacher said. Check out what the politician said. Don't trust nobody. I remember years ago, and some of y'all may remember this, uh, uh, Johnny Campbell, I just met him, and we set a huge tent over in that lot you remember that it was like june or july and it was a hundred degrees and we all burned up we just got into this new building with central heat and air and i was sitting there and the sweat was rolling off me and i forgot who i was sitting by but they said you know people think drives by here and they got to think we're nuts i said why you mean that they said well here we are sitting in a hundred degrees under a tent and it was packed and right across the road we got an air conditioning building but you remember what Johnny said that night? He said it 50 times. He said, don't trust nobody. He said, don't even trust your wife. Don't even trust your husband. Don't trust nobody but the Lord. Hey, man. And uh, I'll forget him emphasizing that over and over again. Uh, but we've lived down to a time where that you can't trust nobody. Amen. And uh, and during this time here, you're sure not going to be able to trust anybody. The Bible said a man's enemies would be those of his own household. Yeah. And it says that your own family may be the cause of you getting killed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, that's what's coming. Now, for many years, this white horse rider was believed to be Jesus Christ, but it's not so. It says this, Christ is, uh, this white horse rider is faithful and true. His eyes are as a flame of fire. Hmm. Seemed like I read that somewhere else. Back in chapter 1 and verse 14 talking about the Lord it said His eyes were as a flame of fire. Uh, they don't say that about this other writer. So as the old saying goes things that are different are not the same. That's real important and studying the Bible. That's why Jesus said every word, every jot, every tittle, and every time I've ever been confronted with false doctrine in a confrontational type setting, and they stumped me every time without exception, I'd go home and look at the verse, and the verse they quoted me, they left out a word or they added a word. And just talking, I didn't catch it, but I went home got to reading the verse. I seen where they left it out. One word makes all the difference in the world. Right, right. So, uh, so we see here that uh, this this white horse rider here. That uh, well, let me go on a little bit more. Said so the armies which are in heaven follow him. Well, the armies uh, they don't say they're going to follow this other one, but we know they are. But they ain't from heaven. And uh, that one had a bow but no arrows. But look at this one in verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. This one's got a sword. Uh, amen. And, uh, and then we get down to verse 16 and in big capital letters. God don't want us to miss it. King of kings and Lord of lords. They don't say that about that one in verse 2. And so... We know this is Antichrist. Now, uh, some symbols here. He only has one crown. Got some power. He's been given some power. And the Bible said he has a bow, but no arrows. And what that tells you and me tonight is that the Antichrist is going to come in peaceably. He's going to come in claiming to bring peace to. And don't you know somebody like that would be mighty welcome right now. And it's going to be worse after the rapture of the church. This is going to be a Sunday school picnic what's going on now. But after the rapture of the church, you're talking about anarchy and chaos. It ain't going to just be in Washington. It's going to be all over the whole world. Uh, So this Antichrist has got his work cut out for him. And uh, The Bible said in Daniel 8 and verse 25. Let's look at it. That's a prophecy, chapter 2. In uh, Daniel. Talking about the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 25. He says, And His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. In other words, Antichrist is going to be powered by Satan. He shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper in practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And uh, through his policies also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart. Watch it. And by what? Peace shall destroy many. They'll destroy many. Uh, so, uh, the platform, the Antichrist is coming. To, I mean, who would uh, who would elect somebody that knew that they were going to do what he's going to do? Nobody would elect that. But when he comes in, brings peace everywhere. Uh, that's what nobody's been able to do for 2,000 years and he's not going to be able to do it either. But he's going to make it look like it's done. And... Uh, so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's just run through some scriptures here. Look in Matthew uh, 24, which is the end time chapter, Matthew 24 and verse uh, 14. And the Bible said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. Now, there's going to be some preaching going on. Uh, During them first three years, they're they're going to let some people preach. Yeah, but this is even before that. This is just as soon as the Antichrist takes power He's going to allow some churches to meet. They're going to meet in the temple. They're going to build things up. And they're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom, which is not the gospel of the grace of God that we're preaching tonight. The gospel of the kingdom is what John the Baptist uh, preached and what Jesus preached is that Christ is coming and setting up a kingdom on this earth. That's the gospel of the kingdom. And they're going to preach that. So, man, everything's great. you got this leader uh, he's got some peace going on. He's letting churches do what they want to do and uh, letting them preach and, uh, and all of that. So it looks like everything's pretty good for first couple of years. But look at verse 15. Right after that verse we read in verse 14. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet Stand in the holy place, and whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea, this is not the church, the church is already gone, not the church. Everything Matthew 24 has to do with Israel. The elect there is not the church, it's Israel. You can't find the church in Matthew 24. And he says, let them that be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let them which are on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes, and woe unto them that are with child, unto them that get suck in those days. Why would he say that? Uh, well, if the raptures take place, all the kids go with the church rapture. No kids left here. So it has to be, it has to be a kid that is, uh, it has to be somebody uh, that, a, that a kid uh, that somebody's going to have a baby after the rapture of the church. Oh yeah, after the rapture of the church, people will be on earth and they'll still be doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, they'll, they'll still be doing worse than they're doing now. Uh, they're marrying, giving in marriage now, but after the rapture of the church, they're going to be doing even worse. And so if the church is raptured, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have some women that are expecting. And the Lord said, you better pray you're not expecting in the wintertime. He said, nor on the Sabbath. He said, why is that? Well, when this Antichrist, they go into the temple one day and he's got this image set up of himself and he says the party's over. We're not worshiping God no more. I'm God. You worship me or get your head cut off. Well, that's the abomination and desolation happens that he's talking about there in Daniel. So when that happens, he said, you better run when that happens. Any of you ladies ever tried to run when you're eight, nine months pregnant? No wonder He said, pray that your flight be not in the winter. Something else. In Israel, and and certainly during this time, because they'll be back in the temple worship and back in the Old Testament setting. And in Israel, I'm told, I don't know about now, as far as I know it is, but all flights are grounded on the Sabbath. Talk about flights. They're all grounded on the Sabbath. So he said, pray that your flight be not in the winter. Alright, uh, look in uh, uh, Mark. Go to Mark. Mark 15. Yeah. Mark 13. Yes, sir. Amen. All right. Now, this same scripture. Look here in Mark 13. Mark 13. Same scripture, verse 14. Uh, Abomination, desolation, on down through there. Verse 18, pray that your flight be not in the winter. Uh, then uh, go on down to uh, verse uh, 24. And in those days after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And he says, and the power of uh, the and the stars of heaven shall fall. Now we're not going to get there tonight, but if you, we read it tonight, you know where that's at? That's in the end of chapter 6 of Revelations. We read stars falling, all them things. So you see, Revelation 6 takes us all the way from the beginning of the tribulation all the way to the end. And then we're going to come back to chapter, chapter 7, which is what we call a parenthetical chapter and it's going to show us something that's going on while everything else is going on. And then we're going to start in the tribulation. So chapter 6, he's just telling us uh, what's, going, what's going to take place. And so uh, look at First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. You've heard this verse all your life. But when that Antichrist... Says, boy, we got everything good now. We got all the peace treaties signed. Everybody's happy. Everybody's really happy right now. Look at verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So when Antichrist, when it looks like it's too good to be true, it is. That's the way things usually are, ain't it? Usually, if it's too good to be true, it is. Uh, Except for the Lord and salvation and everything. Okay, go one more book over uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, uh, talking about the Antichrist and, and him setting himself up in the temple. Look at verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God? Or that is worship, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So see, uh, I'm trying to establish the fact that the Antichrist is going to come in peaceably. No, no arrows. White horse, white horse. Good guys always white horse. Uh, bad guys uh, always uh, black. Uh, good guys always white. And so, uh, and so the Antichrist is going to come in and, uh, and then, boy, uh, once, he, once that we get to that point after them first few years. And when you get to that point, when they get to that point where that they, they go down to the temple one day, them Jews, oh, they're going to be so happy. they got their temple rebuilt, they're getting to do their uh, sacrifices and offerings just like he did in the Old Testament. And everything's going great until that day they go in there, and there's a big statue like Nebuchadnezzar had in Daniel three, and uh, and the Antichrist is going to say, "Okay, I'm God," and when you hear the music, start worshiping me. And music will have a big part in that day as we, as will drugs and all other things. That that Daniel uh, Daniel three, when Nebuchadnezzar, you remember when he made that. Big image there. You studied that thing out. There's three sixes in there, the instruments and the uh, the, the fingers and the toes. If you add it all up, there's three sixes in that Daniel uh, three first few verses down through there, and it's type of the Antichrist. And uh, so what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They they wouldn't bow, right. and so they got thrown into fire. And of course the Lord delivered them through the fire. But that's a, that's a type of the tribulation. Okay, uh, so this first rider that he sees come forth when he had opened, uh, behold, and a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, went forth cocking and to conquer. That's the first seal. The second seal, and when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red and power was given to him that set it thereon to take peace from the earth. All right, Verse 1 and 2, he brings peace. But it don't last very long. By the time we get to the fourth verse, the same one that brought the peace has got power to take it away. He takes away the peace from the earth that they should kill one another and there was given unto him a great sword. Okay, this second horse here, It's red. It's red. And uh, first of all, it was a white horse. And then, that's verse 1 and 2. But then verse 3, we got a horse of a different color. Have you ever heard that before? That's a horse of a different color. Well, this is a horse of a different color. And it's red. Now, when we think about red, uh, when we think about red... What do you think about when I say the word "red? I thought she was a Democrat. They're blue. Red. What do you think about when we say the word "red? Blood. Blood. OK? Going to be a lot of bloodshed. Somebody said anger. Who said anger? All right? Anger. Red-faced. Uh, that's somebody that's mad, that's upset. What else you think about? Red. Seem like somewhere I read about a great red dragon. So I think about red, and then I, I think about something else. We get over to chapter nine, and there's a two hundred million man army. Red China. Uh, so. Uh, China hates God. Uh, I'm, there may be, and I'm sure there is, people in there that are saved and missionaries over there and all like that. Talking about the, as as a as a nation, as leaders, they hate God. They hate Christians. And one one of their statements, a statesman made this statement. One of their leaders. And he said that they would be willing to lose 700 million of their own people to be able to rule the world. They don't care nothing about their people. If you get locked up in a prison over in China and you got a good heart or a good kidney, What's going to happen is they got a market and they'll sell that. Who needs a good heart? We got one for a hundred thousand dollars. They get that prisoner and they cut it out. They're selling body parts, like we read about in uh, Revelations eighteen. They're selling men, the souls of men. So this red horse rider comes forth, and he has uh, he has a great sword. Now I believe. that great sword, I believe, is a nuclear weapon. Twenty-four third world countries now have long-range missiles. And I believe that during the uh, tribulation, there's going to be a lot of nuclear war during the tribulation. You see, why do you say that? Well, uh, man has made these weapons. And man is not going to make something and not use it. And they're getting, man is getting waxing worse and worse and wickeder and wickeder. And we're starting to get the type of man that had pushed the button and wouldn't think twice about it. I think it's nuclear weapons are going to be a part of it. Not all of it. A lot of it's going to be meteorites and things like that. But listen to 2 Peter chapter 3. He said, verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fever and heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up so you got everybody uh, shooting nuclear weapons at everybody else uh I'm checking for a verse here I can't remember uh let me check one more place here I'm looking for a verse that the bible talks about there. Uh, let's see, maybe it's right here. Yeah. I was thinking it's Zechariah or Isaiah 1. Yeah, what's in there? You'll have to find it when you get home. But it talks about people's tongues dissolving in their mouth and their eyes dissolving in their head. That's that's the effects of a nuclear bomb. Uh, when you read about uh, Hiroshima and those that were right there in the in the heat of that, they just dissolved. They just dissolved. So uh, there's going to be a lot of lot of I think a lot of that going on, and I think that's that great sword. Uh, that he's talking about there, and uh, I believe that's what that is. Okay, uh, we're out of time. We, we didn't ride too far tonight. But anyway, I uh, hope you uh, learned something This is going to look like what they've been looking for. The one came, and low, like a lamb. This is going to come. I believe, you know, they're going to take. You know, that's our king. And right. They're going to be carried away what they see. I'm going to give you the answer to the last three. Uh, number eight. It's a good outline for Revelations. This would preach. A world run by men. We've run the world. My dad, oh, he loved to say this. I know Sheila's heard him say it many times. Daddy would say, "We got a good world, but it's just full of bad people." Right. So, a world run by man. What's wrong with this world? We've done it. We've done it. A world run by man, and then a world ruled by Satan. But then, number three, a world rescued by a Savior. Amen. Okay, I'm right there at it. Zechariah 14.12 And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet and their eyes shall consume away and their holes and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Uh, so, uh, I'm glad I'm going to be watching the fireworks from up above. Amen. Brother. Amen. Amen. You say you're going to feel sorry for them? How can you? That's what they wanted. Uh, they wanted the devil, they didn't want the Lord. Uh, God waited 2,000 years and. Done everything he could possibly do to try to get people to turn to the Lord, and and them won't do it. And uh, so, uh, here's what's happening: when you get to that point right there, the tribulation. You remember the Lord saying in Romans, He said, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." Okay, the tribulation's God repaying people that rejected His Son and did His Son that way, the tribulation is God repaying that. For those of us that got saved, even though we were guilty and had a part in the Lord's death through our sins, when, we, when we've when we confessed it and said, Lord, I'm guilty, I'm sorry I had a part in Your Son being crucified, then God pardons us, forgives us. Father, forgive them. So, Amen. All right, any questions that I can't answer tonight?